This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to Yahoo Finance Sportsbook. I'm Dan Roberts. And as you know, we started out this podcast talking only about NFL. NFL was the thing at the beginning of the NFL season. We've been broadening it out. Uh, We've covered golf, Major League Soccer, baseball, the Cubs, the World Series. A lot going on, lots to talk about in sports business, which has become a much bigger area of interest, I think, in the last few years, a, a large, huge, expansive beat. And so currently, as we record this this week, there are a number of sports we could talk about. There's the NFL as it approaches the NFL playoffs. There's the NBA. But there is also a sport, unless you want to debate the term, that is always in season, so to speak, and is little understood but growing fast. That is eSports. I'm sure you've seen the term, seen it thrown around. Maybe you know a lot about it. I bet most don't. And eSports, according to a new report just out this week from a research firm, Superdata, is a $1.5 billion industry. So I think that's bigger than people thought. We had heard for years already that this is a billion-dollar industry, and, and some people sort of scoffed at that. But this is a space that has attracted a lot of big names. Uh, Bob Kraft has invested in an eSports team. Rick Fox, former Laker uh, NBA veteran, uh, owns an eSports team. The Philadelphia 76ers, among other pro teams, have bought an eSports team. This is a thing, uh, capital T, and a $1.5 billion thing, apparently. So what is eSports? Well, I normally just say it's people watching other people play video games, which sounds insane that that could be a $1.5 billion industry, but there are crazier things out there. And even though it's, I think, little understood by the general mainstream sports world, these eSports tournaments fill arenas. I mean, they hold these at Madison Square Garden now, and I don't think The average person knows necessarily where online or on TV they can watch esports, but the viewership is also growing fast. You know, this 1.5 billion thing that you mentioned, I still think that's only a drop in the bucket. Um, The reason being is that the entire video game industry as a whole is like a near $100 billion industry, $90 billion. Um, And if, you know, uh, if esports is only like raking in 1.5 billion from this massive industry, that just means there's so much more. Think of esports sort of in the same realm as other up-and-coming, sports-adjacent things. Uh, Drone racing. They now televise drone racing more and more. Uh, And you can see the views that the drone is seeing. Esports is in that space. Uh, Daily fantasy sports, DFS, which of course is more tied to big sports like NFL, NBA. But DFS, many of the DFS platforms offer daily fantasy for esports where you would pick your players who are playing the video game. I mean, we're like three levels down the rabbit hole here. But as you hear more and more about esports, you might wonder about it and and want to learn more. And so our guest today is Imad Khan, a friend of mine, freelance journalist who mostly writes for ESPN.com about esports, the perfect person to explain this industry to us. So let's get into it. All right, our guest today on Sportsbook, Imad Khan, Esports journalist who's written for ESPN and some other places about esports. Hey, Mod. What's going on, Dan? Nothing except esports. Uh, you know, we had heard for so long that this was a billion dollar plus business. And right. I think for many of us who write about sports business but don't necessarily understand esports, 
we maybe questioned that, or I was a little skeptical, but now we have this recent report from a research outlet that confirms that at least in 2017, a $1.5 billion industry. So I think it's worth investigating, learning more about it, and I would bet that our listeners and really the average general sports fan maybe still doesn't really understand esports, even though I know it, it's a big thing, it's legit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I guess I'd start by asking, well, first of all, do you think that's fair to say, that the, that the average sports fan really still isn't enmeshed in this world yet? Yeah, I, I guess that's fair, right? Like the, the average, it's kind of how you define average sports fan. But yeah, I would say on a, on a broad spectrum, yeah, you know, it's still very far and still very new to them. Um, but it's definitely an interesting world, and I think people should be paying attention. Do you think that you have to be a gamer yourself to like and follow esports? Uh, it certainly helps, right? Um, you know, a lot of these games, uh, they, they build up their fan bases through the games themselves and the communities themselves, right? Um, but, you know, we are seeing, like, so many non-players become fans of the game. So there might be people who play video games, right, in, on a general, in a general sense, but they might not, like, competitive competitively or actively play this game, but still like to watch it. Right. Yeah, which, to be fair, with pro sports, you know, you certainly don't need to be someone who has played football or be a baseball player right. to follow those sports. Although, side note, I always point out that I feel like golf and tennis are unique in that way where actually most big fans of those sports do play it themselves, mm -hmm. especially golf. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but, you know, then you have games like... I, 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 I do want to underscore that like you know this 1.5 billion thing that you mentioned I still think that's only a drop in the bucket mm. um, the reason being is that the entire video game industry as a whole is like a near 100 billion dollar industry right I oh, think absolutely. it's like 90 yeah. billion dollars um, and if you know uh, if esports is only like raking in 1.5 billion from this massive industry that just means there's so much more I mean a game like League of Legends which is currently like the biggest esport around, you know, has a player base of over 100 million active users, right? That's like a little bit over 1% of the global population. <laughs> Yet, you know, you look at, you know, peak viewership, you know, it's in the couple, uh, well, you know, it, it's hard to say because there are different streaming services and whatnot, but let's just say, you know, it's a couple hundred thousand, maybe a couple million, right? Um, that still like pales in comparison to just its active player base. Yeah, right? so it has a long runway to go. Yeah. 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 Let's rewind for a second. How do you define esports to a layperson? Yeah, yeah. So I get this question a lot, and you know, uh, I don't, I don't go up there defending, you know, esports, saying like, no, man, it's like traditional sports. Like these guys are putting in like, <laughs> you know, the same. They're putting their bodies on the line the same way that you know, uh, Kobe Bryant did, or you know, what have you. Um, what I do tell them is that you know, think of it like uh, chess, right? If you see. Uh, especially, you know, when people like, how could somebody watch another person play a video game, right? You know, if uh, if we see two grandmasters, you and I play chess, we're gonna we're just gonna see two people playing chess, right? But if we see two people, like, let's assume that we were chess enthusiasts mm -hmm. and we understand the game at like a deep level, and we're seeing two grandmasters play, it'll probably be like blowing our minds, yeah, right. So think of it like that. You're seeing like, you know, real masters of this game go at it at like its absolute peak and that's just fun to watch in anything right it could it, it could be uh, I don't know what's the most obscure thing you could think of that could be competitive I don't know like paper folding or something right, <laughs> right. <laughs> competitive origami yeah, that's yeah. a good one yeah if you see competitive origami connect four I don't know <laughs> you know it, it, it'll just be fascinating because it's just uh, you're seeing people in the absolute peak do what they do and competing against each other it's always fun 
I'm glad you mentioned League of Legends. Uh, there is now even DFS, or Daily Fantasy Sports, yeah. for eSports yeah. in some cases. Yeah. And I remember, uh, again, being someone who knows about eSports but isn't fully entrenched in it, I remember on one particular app, it had its lobby. That's what the DFS companies call it, their mm. homepage of different contests. And almost all the contests said LOL. And I thought it was law, like, yeah. laughing out loud. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a league, league of Legends. Now, of course, there are esports for lots of different games. There's Smash Brothers, which I loved playing Smash Brothers. But League of Legends isn't a game that I know very well. Mm. What is that? Is that a multi-online, uh, a massive <laughs> M- MMORPG, which is a term I, I remember, massive multiplayer online role-playing game? Or? Uh, yeah, so League is uh, a MOBA, right, which stands for Massive Online Battle Arena. Um, and the oh, wow. I- <laughs> That's not one I knew. Okay. And the idea is that you have teams of five on five on a map. It's like an overhead view, right? And they have different objectives. Like, they need to, like, control, uh, you know, their opponent's quote-unquote base, so to say, right? So you have your five-on-five, five and... Like, you'll have uh, one guy going from the side path, one guy going through the middle path. Then you have a guy, like, sneaking around that the other, per- the other team can't see, right? So it's like they're all, they're, like, simultaneously, like, trying to, like, def- defend and attack, right? So it's, uh, it, 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 that's what it is. And you, I think it can be kind of difficult for, like, the lay person to mm. really understand, you know, what's going on. And, I, and that might be something that, um, you know, will we'll change over time, you know, I, 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 that's true for traditional sports too, right? Like, uh, for example, do you watch cricket at all? No, but uh, I lived in Dublin for a year abroad okay, in okay. college, and there was cricket every day. And yeah, it's it's hard even as someone who likes baseball to just look at it and, and understand right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, there like why does it why does the pitch have to bounce <laughs> on the ground first? <laughs> right. And, uh, so I think with uh, anything, there could be a bit of a learning curve. But um, you know, I think for obviously because it just has such a massive player base, it's popular. But and I think. Um, for non-players, if they are interested, they could, you know, the resources are so immense, you know, you can go to YouTube, just watch, like, a tutorial, they have, uh, some, tor- uh, actually, I can't remember when the last tournament did this, but, um, I've seen tournaments where they have, like, noob streams, so they have, like, two oh, separate streams. that's cle- and it explains it to you. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Clever. Uh, when someone asks me what it is, me not being a, an esports journalist, but understanding from afar, I simply say people watching other people play video games. Is that at least fair and factually correct? I mean, yeah, on like a very basic level, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. And some of these games take probably hours to complete, right? Uh, yeah. Especially, you know, League of Legends. That yeah. sounds to me almost like the, the board game Risk, but turned into a live online game, and I can imagine it takes hours. Well, yeah, like one, one competitive game of League can take like 45 minutes, maybe to an hour, right? Um... Oh, okay. and it's like, so that's you know, not so long. Yeah, but it's usually two out of three, you know, so it could go to a third game. Uh, so it can last a while. Or even like a game like Counter-Strike Global Offensive, uh, which is a you know, first-person shooter, five-on-five, five, it's like 30 rounds. It could be max, one, one, ma- or, yeah, one match could be like 30 rounds, right? And it's the best of 30. So it's like the first person had like, what, 16 rounds or something? Um, and that can also like just start adding up, and it's kind of like tennis where I think you need like a you know, good two-game advantage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, some of these games do take a lot longer than others. But then you have a game like Street Fighter, which, you know, the matches are much faster. When I, I'm glad you mentioned Street Fighter because when I see previews of or news stories about esports, I feel like it's usually mostly shooter games or the type of game League of Legends, strategy, yeah. war, battle games across the board. But I know that there's also, you could have esports for Smash Brothers, which is a little more fun and cartoony. I'm not saying any less serious. 
Yeah. Are there yet esports for sports video games? Would people yes, playing yes, Madden, yes. people playing FIFA? Those yes. are the games that I know better. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a huge FIFA contingency around the around the world, especially in Europe. Um, there's you know um, Madden, where they have a, you know a few different types of tor- uh, tournament series around the country. So um, it's interesting, right? Like traditional sports video games becoming esports. It's still you know growing. Um, viewership isn't necessarily there yet. But there is potential, right? Because you have some of these YouTubers that just stream FIFA, and they're making, like... I mean, they have, like, millions of subscribers, right? Just playing FIFA. Gosh. Um, Did all of this start on YouTube, by the way? Could you say mm -hmm. that uh, eSports was born out of people wanting to watch footage of video games on YouTube? And I know there's Twitch is really big, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to... Man, I'm trying to recall. You know, I'd say it would probably be, like, Part YouTube and part Justin TV, right? Mm, if you remember Justin right. TV, Justin dot TV, yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, and I because I was more of like a live streaming platform than YouTube was back in the day. Uh, I, I I believe that you know when people started streaming video games, they switched over and became Twitch. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, up, go on, go on. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like uh, I think I want to like uh, maybe a lot of people haven't heard of Twitch, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and Twitch is just like. The largest, like, uh, you know, video game streaming website on the internet. Uh, I, you know, I think the last time I checked uh, the website rankings, it was definitely in like the top twenty. You know, it, it, so it pulls in a massive amounts of traffic. And you know, there was a bidding war between um, Google and Amazon for it, in which uh, Amazon right. ended up winning for what near billion dollars. Yeah, um, there is a trend we're seeing of pro sports teams. Uh, getting into the esports realm, yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers investing in an esports team. Yeah. Bob Kraft, who is the owner of the New England Patriots and likes to dip his toes into tech investing, investing in an esports team. Yeah. Uh, the obvious play, first of all, is money. You know, this industry is growing, 1.5 billion at least. But is there any other reason you think this is appealing to them? Do they see it as a future play? Do they see it as a way into uh, video streaming? Why are big Sports leagues getting into esports investing. Yeah, I, I I think it's a future play um, because here's the thing, right? You know, the average, like the average global sports fan is like around 28. You know, it's a pretty good mix of uh, male and female. Well, the average esports fan, according to uh, Nielsen, is 26, uh, still a little largely male. Um, they're very enthusiastic. So you have this really hardcore community of people that advertisers and brands have been trying to reach. And, uh, you know, according to Nielsen, this is actually a very difficult brand for, or a difficult demographic for, for brands to reach. Um, so there's that aspect. There's the other aspect that, you know, for, uh, in, in some of these traditional sports, right, like the audience is getting older. Mm, um, yep. And they're wanting to ha- like ultimately diversify and have pull in a younger audience, too. Yeah. And I think that's like, that makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is it fair to call esports sports? You know, and are esports <laughs> players athletes? Yeah, yeah. So, is it fair to call esports sports? Um, you know, I've, I've spoken to players about this, and you know, they have a very similar response to what I had at the beginning of of, of this segment. Was um, you know, they aren't going to compare themselves to like traditional athletes because you know, uh, there's just there's just a difference, right? But what they do say is that. In terms of our competitive drive, in, cur- in terms of our uh, the amount of hours that we put into practice, 
um, the amount of stress that we go through, like it's on an equivalent level. Because, sure. you know, at a point when you're playing a game at like a super high competitive level for a ton of money on the line, right? Um, you're calculating things in like microseconds, right? Like in one misstep could be an absolute loss. So the amount of concentration, the amount of pressure, the amount of nerves, it, it, it's definitely difficult. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's why, I think that's another reason why, at least, you know, you'll see like uh, Rick Fox, who, um, you know, owns the team Echo Fox and was, you know, previously with, with the Lakers, um, why he's such a staunch uh, defendant of, of his players, because he knows the hours, mm. that, or he's seen the hours and the stuff they've had to go through to make it to the top. Well, and it's fair to mention that it isn't as though just because they're playing video games, physical fitness doesn't matter. You know, there's an image of gamers, which is fat slobs on their couch, you know, years ago. Yeah. And that is changing or has changed. I mean, that stigma is gone with esports now. Yeah. And absolutely to compete in a tournament setting, even though they're sitting in chairs the whole time, I mean, they need to be alert, engaged, energetic, high energy, ready. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote a piece, um, I think it just published, what, like last month? Um, about a player who, for Echo Fox and kind of like, you know, what they had to do to change his diet uh, to help him kind of like help his concentration, you know, because he was complaining about, you know, hand pain and this and oh, that. Oh, sure. And they were saying like, look, if you're going to be playing 10 hours a day practicing and you're just rubbing bone on bone uh, and you're all you're eating is, you know, junk food, that's not going to, well, you're not terrible. replenishing your body with the right nutrients, right? Um, regard, even if it's just your hands, your hands still have muscles, there's muscle strain, you need to replenish it with a good amount of water and a good amount of nutrients. So uh, right now that conversation is happening in esports where, uh, you know, what are the right foods that a player should be eating in preparation for competition? Should they be exclusively downing, you know, energy drinks before a match, right? You know, that's the type of conversation that's going on right now. And I do feel that... Um, as the money continues to rise, as the desire to win continues to rise from major major sponsors and uh, teams, they're going to bring in more and more traditional sports resources to ensure that their players perform at optimal levels. So interesting. And since we're talking about the fitness required and being in that chair and being in a tournament, silly juvenile question, but I'm just curious. What happens if they need to go to the bathroom and they're live in a tournament? Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I've never actually asked that question. Um, and I guess the... the the thing would be like, yeah, I guess you hold it till the next round. Yeah, yeah that's they the can't get I up. Of. Yeah, I mean, they, with that much money on the line, I'd be surprised <laughs> if any any player would actually get up. Yeah. Tell me, as you mentioned, some of the coverage you do is profiling interesting people in this world, yeah. stories like that. What is the most memorable or surprising person or little story you've discovered in your time reporting on esports? Hmm, that's an interesting question. You know. Uh, so I cover more of the fighting game scene. Uh, that's kind of been my forte. And, you know, I was in Tokyo this summer uh, just reporting, and I met uh, uh, Tokido. Uh, so, you know, esports e players, they usually go by these gamer handles. Uh, his, his, his full name is Hajime Taniguchi, but he goes by Tokido. And I met him, and I, so for, through one reason or another, learned that his dad was a huge fan of his, right? I, I, you know, he was very supportive of his son. But, you know, was really proud of his son. Um, so I was like, you know, this this is kind of interesting in a country like Japan that's very traditional. Yeah. He is, is that, you know, he has the full support of his family, which is great. So I sat down with him and his dad, and it was really just fascinating and, you know, kind of adorable listening to these two just go, go about, um, you know, how they created 
Tokido to what he is today. Wow. Um, Which games does he play? Oh, he's, he's Street Fighter, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, Capcom, he, he won Evolution 2017, which is a massive fighting game tournament in Las Vegas. Wow. And actually, just last weekend, there was Capcom Cup, which is kind of like the penultimate tournament for the entire year for the entire Capcom circuit, or Street Fighter circuit. And um, he uh, ended up coming into, uh, placing second, you know, losing to Menard, uh, or Menardi, and uh, who's of Rise Nation, which is a team owned by Roger or Roger Sofield. Oh wow! Uh, from the uh, LA Rams, right? So um, it, it's interesting because you know these two players that were going at it. You know, one he's with Echo, like Tokido's with Echo Fox, which is has Rick Fox behind him. One's with Rise Nation, which has Schofield behind him. Yeah. So it's like they're these two esports athletes are being backed by traditional athletes, and they're kind of going at it. Yeah, which, you know, I notice you say athletes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do most of these guys just do one single game, and that's their big specialty, or are there some who will play lots of different games? Uh, you know, I think at a casual level, they all play different games. And, you know, right. all these players extreme on Twitch, too. And, you know, a, like a, a player like Tokido or Mango of Cloud9, who's a Smash Bros. Melee player, <laughs> uh, as much as they play their, their own games, they... Their their fans want to see them playing Mario Kart with their fans yes. online, right? Like, hey, oh, and it humanizes get... them. Yeah, it's regular. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, of course, let's all get online with our fans and let's play Mario Kart together, or you know, player known's Battlegrounds, which is like this massive. Like it's been like the swan song game of the year, or out of nowhere, it just became a huge success. Um, oh. So they're always playing other games. Here's a final question, and it's it's one I always think about. One of the biggest parts of esports that gets headlines, I think is the in-person attendance, the crowd size. Yeah. We've seen that it can pack uh, MSG, you know, big, yeah. big stadiums, get people in there. And just logistically, I always wonder how it works. You know, if you go to a basketball game, if you have great seats, you can see the game on the floor. Right. If you have bad seats and you're up in the rafters, for much of the game, you're probably watching the Jumbotron, but that's fine. But you can at least see that they're down there on the floor moving around too. Yeah. But if you go live in person to an eSports tournament at a big arena... If you are close, you still only see the guys who are playing the video game, but there has to be also screens to show you what they're seeing. Exactly. Right? Like, how does it work? Do seats matter at something like this? If you're up in the rafters, you just watch the Jumbotron the whole time. But I would think as long as you can see the game, that's what matters. Like, I imagine you're barely looking at the people playing the game. You know, you you bring up a really good question. And since I always get a press pass, I never consider, like, (laughs) how... Ticket prices vary, um, and I should probably look into that. I've never actually thought about that. Um, but, you know, you're right. Uh, essentially, if you um, – maybe, like, the, the, the best spot in the arena is the one that can has the best view of the giant screen right. in the center, uh, you know, of the arena. Uh, and But, you know, I guess there could be an advantage of being closer, uh, closer to stage. You know, I still remember uh, EVO 2016 when uh, uh, Hungrybox beat Armada and um, – just like that pop off, it was actually ESPN's uh, esports moment of, of of the year in 2016. Um, and you know, j- like you know, watching it on stream, and you know, obviously there were cameras close up to just see him completely break down, and it, quite possibly the biggest win of his entire career. Um, it was, wow! You know, I, I jumped out of my. It was a, it was one of the few times I've ever jumped out of my chair. Wow! Um, and uh, got, just because of the, sh- the the craziness of that round. Um, and I, I assume that the people on the ground were uh, seeing that happen in front of them was probably pretty special. So the audience in person is is a little bit looking also at the guys who are playing, guys and girls, yeah, you know, yeah, not yeah. just at the screen that shows the video yeah, game. Yeah. But that is logistically, it's interesting to me because having the screen and seeing what they see is just as important, probably more important, than seeing the players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I, I don't think that's a stretch. Wow. Yeah. Well, it'll be really interesting to watch, uh, and I, I'm going to be monitoring when the average person on the street cares. You know, when my buddies in New York who are NBA, NFL fans, when they start asking me about esports. That's always my little casual indicator. Uh, for example, in the last three weeks, suddenly they're all asking me about Bitcoin, and that's okay. how you know it has gone mainstream. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for that moment for esports. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think that moment will be coming much sooner than later. Great. Thanks, Ahmad. No, thanks. Okay, that was Imad Khan, again, a freelance journalist. He specializes in esports, knows a lot, writes interesting stories and profiles. Personally, I loved uh, a profile he wrote recently on a Super Smash Brothers Melee player. That was a game that I loved in college on Nintendo GameCube. My character was always Dr. Mario. Fun game. Love Smash Brothers. Of course, purists say, no, no, the best Smash Brothers was the N64 version. They may not be wrong but I liked uh, GameCube. Haven't played that in years. Anyway, you should follow Imad Khan. Press X for Imad is his Twitter handle, I-M-A-D. And I appreciate him coming in. I appreciate learning more about esports. I'm wondering if you appreciated it. Did you know much about esports beforehand? Have you learned more now? Are you interested? Are you a gamer? Even if you're not a gamer, do you care about esports? Are you following it? Or, like many of my friends say, what a weird thing. I have no interest, and I would never want to watch someone else play video games. But enough people want to do it that it's a supposedly $1.5 billion industry. Okay, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back with you next Thursday morning, as always. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, Yahoo Finance Sportsbook. We're on all the podcast platforms. We will get into more sports business next week. Bye. <laughs>